0: Good morning. Welcome. We gather here in God's presence to uh, well, respond to his goodness and come and worship. Uh, so welcome to all of us who are here in person and those who are joining us online. So we're thankful that we have a God that's worthy to be worshipped. A God that has called to us and interrupted our normal schedules and normal days to come and to be here as God's people. And so um, as we begin, though, I want to share a couple announcements. Uh, one is that uh, during this having shortened services. Uh, we're not passing the offering plate, so if you'd like to give to the work of the church and respond to God's generosity, you can do that online, or there is a silver offering plate in the back that you can drop off your gift there. Also, a couple announcements about summer activities. Uh, there are some sign-up sheets and the welcome table as you came in. Uh, there's a couple of deacon events that they offer just to get together and see each other. Uh, the Kuntzes are having a cookout in their backyard and inviting people to come ask you to just sign up ahead of time. And then also the Glow Keys are hosting a breakfast at the church office patio. So you can sign up online <laughs> through the church, uh, through the weekly email. Um, but if you want to sign up now, you can just write your name on the piece of paper that's there uh, by the welcome table. It'd be great to, to have you. It's a great chance just to meet people and reconnect or to see each other. Uh, the last thing to mention is that we're having a Wednesday uh, evening discussion group in the summer. We had our first one last Wednesday, and it was a good discussion about the means of grace, these things that God gives us to help us to experience his grace, like scripture, prayer, and the sacraments, and the church. So we're not going to meet this Wednesday, but we'll meet uh, the following one. So uh, the 30th of June in the TNU's backyard. So if you have any inter- questions, let me know. It's at 7.30 uh, on every other Wednesday, and uh, it'll be great to have you join us if you can. Well, God's called us to come into his presence, and as we get ready to do that, oh, I forgot one last thing, to dismiss the children. <laughs> so any children that would like to go to the preschool class or to children's worship, uh, Melinda's in the back to meet them, and they can go downstairs to the basement. Uh, all children are welcome to the service, but they can also head down to the class, and that class will go through the, the whole service and finish at the end. All right, let's take a moment of quiet as we prepare ourselves to come before God.
1: Good morning. Our call to worship today is from Psalm 9. Will you stand with me and we'll sing together? Oh, Lord, we know your name and put our trust in you. For you do not forsake those who seek you. O oh Lord, we know your name and put our trust in you. For you do not forsake those who seek you.
0: I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all your wonderful deeds. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before your presence. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgments. Sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble.
1: Oh. But like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee prone to wonder lord i feel it prone to lead the god i love here's my heart oh take and seal it seal it for thy courts above please be seated
0: privilege of participating in the sacrament of baptism this morning, and so I want to invite A.J. and Kendra Stick to come forward with their family as they're bringing their daughter Spring uh, to be baptized into the covenant community. This is A.J. and Kendra Stick. And their children, Olivia, Teddy, and Spring, and Spring will be baptized this morning. So we're thankful for this chance to do this together as God's people. But I want to take a moment to remind us, we've been fortunate lately to have a number of baptisms, to see this means of grace that God gives us. And I just want us to always stop and remind ourselves of what this gift is. That God has given us this water in Christ as a sign that not only is he our creator, but he's the one that can recreate us the one that can make us new. And this gift, this water is a gift that reminds us of God's generosity. For spring today, it's a reminder that she's been made by God, and the good gift of being in a family with parents that will teach her about Christ, and the good gift of being in a church community that proclaims and lives out the gospel. But it's also a gift for all of us as we see this water to remind us today that we are not by ourselves and that there's more at work than our resources, our power, our strength, our goodness. See, this water reminds us that there is God at work who made us and is renewing us by the spirit, forgiving us of our sins and giving us a new life, calling us his sons and daughters in Christ. So come and believe that, rest in that good news today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this water. We pray you set it apart from a common use to a sacred and holy one and pray that you would meet us by your spirit that you would minister to each one of us we pray especially for Spring and for the Stick family that this would be a blessing reminding them of who you are and your goodness and we pray that this will not only be a, a something, a sign given to Spring's skin or outer body but through your work of your spirit that she would have faith to know you and your grace in Christ we ask this in Jesus name Amen. Let me ask AJ and Kendra these uh, three vows as you bring your daughter to be baptized. Do you acknowledge Spring's need of the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ and the renewing grace of the Holy Spirit? Do you claim God's covenant promises on her behalf? And do you look in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ for her salvation as you do for your own? And do you now unreservedly dedicate your daughter Spring to God and promise and humble reliance on God's grace, that you'll endeavor to set before her a godly example, that you'll pray with her and for her, that you'll teach her the faith, and that you will strive at all the means of God's appointment to bring her up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Um, Spring, you can step forward. What What is your daughter's full Christian name? this is spring the kevin stick spring i baptize you in the name of the father and the name of the son and the name of the holy spirit amen let's pray for spring lord we thank you for spring and we thank you for her life we pause and acknowledge that she has been made by you in your image Filled with dignity and value. Thank you, Lord, for making her. And we thank you that you will watch over her all her days. And so we pray, Lord, that you would be with her. That she would know in very real and deep ways the wonder of your grace, the depth of your love. Please guard guard her and give her gifts that she could not only uh, be blessed herself by her gifts, but she could serve her neighbors in your name. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen i invite you to stand with me that we can offer a blessing uh, to spring. You'll see the responsive reading in your order here. Spring may the Lord preserve your going out and your coming in. From this time forth and forevermore. Amen. You may be seated.
2: Let's pray together. Almighty God, we we know that you came to us through your Son in gentleness and in humility. You were born not in some palace, but a manger. You spent your time with the lowly and the marginalized. You ate and drank with sinners, not as one posturing power and position. You, Jesus, you are the one who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but you made yourself nothing. So Father, lead us into meekness and humility. Give us self-awareness and understanding that we may see ourselves rightly as as people in need of your grace and transformation. And Father, because of your kindness, work in us to love our neighbor as ourselves, that, that they would see your humility and love. By your spirit, make us aware of your presence. Meet those of us who feel strong and those of us who feel weak in our faith. Meet those of us in our places of fear, in our loneliness, in our concerns about the future and our children's futures. Lord, meet those of us who, who come with questions and doubts. Meet us in all of these places with your lavish grace. We pray this in the name of Christ, amen. Well, we do turn now to our time of confession, a time to acknowledge really our need, our need of God and his mercy. So we'll do this together as a church and then have a time of personal quiet confession. Lord Jesus, you said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. However, the world around us and our hearts within us still seem so dark. Even though we want to love you and serve our neighbors, we are lonely and exhausted. Jesus, our Savior, give us eyes to see that you are the light that no darkness shall overcome, and help us to hold fast to your promise that you are making all things new. Amen.
1: Let's sing together have mercy in your goodness lord and in your grace forgive my sin wash me from
2: for a quiet personal confession. Father, we confess our sin knowing that Jesus, who was rich in glory, became poor for our sake, so that in him alone we might become rich in mercy and in grace. We give thanks in his name, amen. We'll stand together and speak and hear the words of assurance that come to us from Isaiah 35. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. You may be seated.
3: The Old Testament lesson this morning comes from Proverbs 3, verses 21 through 35. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come again, tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways, for the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace." And the gospel lesson this morning is from Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy,
0: Sorry, it was off. This is all my fault. So that's good to be here this morning, and uh, yeah, thank you, Libby, for reading the scriptures. Uh, we've been looking at the letter of James in the New Testament, and we're going to begin chapter four today. But before I read that passage, I want to give a little summary because today's passage is a continuation of what was at the end of chapter three. And so, at the end of chapter three, we heard James ask this important question: is, Who is wise? and who has understanding among you. He's asking, you know, what is true wisdom or how do we know what it looks like? How do we know who's wise? And he tells us that James James says there's two types of wisdom. Part of answering that question is that there is wisdom that comes from above, that comes from the word of truth that's embodied in the person of Jesus. But there's also wisdom that is earthly, unspiritual. And this describes our present experience, right? That we hear different messages about what is good, different answers about what a wise person is like or how he or she behaves. So we come back to this question, who is truly wise? What does wisdom from above look like? And what we heard last week was James said that wisdom from above is manifest in meekness and in peaceful behavior, not bitter jealousy or selfish ambition earthly wisdom with its jealousy brings about discord and strife but heavenly wisdom with its humility and gentleness brings forth peace our passage this morning from chapter 4 continues looking at earthly wisdom in particular and the difficulties and the violence that it brings about So let's look at verse 1 through 10. It's printed in your order. or You can read along or just listen as I read. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. Excuse me. To spend it on your passions, you adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes themselves an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the Scripture says, "He yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us." It's given for our good. I'm sure you noticed as I read that this passage has very passionate and strong language. That James has been building to this argument about what he's trying to communicate and the language here is expressed in, in two parts. Two parts of the sermon. One, there's a challenge and then there's a call. A challenge and a call. So we can start with this challenge which maybe we can summarize by saying whoever wishes to be a friend of the world make themselves an enemy of God. This challenge opens with the question, what causes quarrels and fights among you? Is it not this, your passions are at war within you, you desire, do not have, so you murder, you covet, and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel? Recently, a soccer player, Cristiano Ronaldo, was in the news, maybe some of you know that name, he's one of the most famous soccer players in the world, I, I looked this up. He has 301 million followers on Instagram, it's like a small nation, no, that's not even a small nation, that's a large nation, right? <laughs> but during a recent news conference, Ronaldo sat down at a press table in which there was two bottles of Coke set before him, because Coca-Cola was one of the sponsors. With some disgust, Ronaldo removed the bottles of Coke and set them on the ground and exclaimed, agua, water. Renato's gesture for the people to drink water instead of coke had an immediate impact. This might be hard to believe, but over the next couple of days Coca-Cola's share value went down such that the company lost about four billion dollars of worth in the stock market. <laughs> why do I tell you? That's a great story, but just to tell you, yeah, why do I tell you that story? I tell you because I want us to think about the chain of actions, of, of connection that one makes a choice and it leads to something else. There's an action that happens and it leads to, or connects to another event. We see that in the case of this soccer player who made an action very publicly that led to other people making actions. And at the heart of wisdom literature, which James is, is that wisdom literature wants us to think about these connections that happen. That part of how we understand the world or ourselves has impacts for how we live and what fruit comes about in our life. How we orient ourselves or look at the things around us will have an impact then on what happens in our life or through our life. You see, if we think about maybe the image of a tree and fruit, what James has been trying to invite us to see and now bring to some kind of culmination is imagine the soil of earthly wisdom The soil of earthly wisdom bears the fruit of jealousy and selfish ambition. And whenever we eat such fruit, it brings discord, division, and meanness. We're invited to see that connection. And the other way, the soil of heavenly wisdom, it bears fruit such as nonviolence, gentleness, and openness to reason, full of mercy, impartiality, and sincerity, instead of being manipulative. And what Scripture says that this brings a harvest of righteousness, for what is sown in peace will bring about peace. See, we're invited by James to think about these connections. And see, so when he asks, what causes fighting among you? We're being invited to look deeply at ourselves and consider, you know, where do I go to find assurance? How do I understand my sense of self or my standing of my well being? Or maybe, what's the underlying story that I have in my heart or my mind that tells me who I am or, or what matters? And these questions are important, but, but one way to get answers to those questions is through what James calls friendship with the world. Friendship with the world which would say to us and to our hearts that our dignity and our sense of self or confidence comes from what I accomplish, from what I have. It's rooted in how I compare to others or how I check the boxes of the evaluations around me. I mentioned this last week, but the story that's being told in this Friendship with the world is at the heart that you are on your own. We are on our own. And I don't know about you, but I mean, I've been a Christian a long time, but I still, that story can still be present in my heart and mind. I've got to take care of things myself. And to have less is to be less. To, to have more credentials is to be more valuable and more worthy. And what our passage is inviting us to see is if we pursue this wisdom, this friendship, It will foster separation. It will give birth to discord and fights. And it will do so among individuals and among groups. Let's think, it turns neighbors into rivals. It turns siblings into competitors. It turns friends into threats. This person is an obstacle to my having. That group over there is the reason I feel uncertain or even worried or afraid. We find in our hearts a desire for other people to fail or or fall behind us. We feel this temptation or justification to dismiss others or to dismiss their experience with the conclusion, you get what you deserve. You get what you deserve. This is the challenge that our passage says, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? I find it really fascinating and interesting that James invites us to think about faith and about like our commitments and how we see the world through the lens of friendship. Isn't that fascinating? The idea of friendship, to invite us into that type of mindset we can think about our circle of relationships scripture tells us that everyone we meet even our enemies those who are, even who are different from us they are our neighbors and we're called to love and serve them but there is a smaller group that we can call friends and friendship involves includes some type of intimacy right of connection a rich term When my daughters were small, we had this board game by the Care Bears. You guys know Care Bears? Little teddy bears on their their tummy is some kind of symbol of their, I don't know, characteristics or whatever they do. I'm not sure how you describe the Care Bear. But the, the, the game's theme was that sharing is caring. Sharing is caring, and it became an annoying tag phrase that we would often use as a family. Sharing is caring. But I mentioned as the heart of how Scripture thinks of friendship or how the, kind of, the ancient world talked of friendship, that sharing was at its heart. Sharing resources, sharing one's experiences, sharing a common story, sharing time or, or giving care, but often sharing the same outlook, sharing the same understanding of what life was about and, and who you were. And therefore, to be friends, to be friends with the world, James says he's implying that we share the same logic, the same understanding. I'm on my own. To have less is to be less. To have more is to be more. And others are often reduced to obstacles to use or to avoid. This is the challenge. But our passage doesn't just give us a challenge. It finishes with a call. To embrace friendship with God. To embrace the friendship that God offers. And you might have noticed our passage ends with very interesting words and language. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. What's going on here, right? It's not that often we hear imperatives to be wretched and to mourn and to weep. James is inviting us to say that true understanding and true wisdom often involves taking a serious look at ourselves and considering the ways in which we live by jealousy or selfish ambition or that we live in such a way that turns our neighbors into rivals. And he's inviting you and me to turn away from such friendship with such stories in the world and to forge a friendship with God. For friendship takes trust. And to turn away from a friendship that will break and bring disorder to one that's worthy of our trust. You see, the exhortations to look at yourself and to repent, they are all grounded in the assurance of who God is. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, you and I, in our friendship with God, are invited to humility, to a posture in which we can receive His gifts and the trust that God is worthy of. The passage says, Listen, listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? saying to us, reminding us, Listen, isn't it clear by now, clear in Jesus, the one who came for the lowly, who came in a meek manner himself, who who was crushed to receive sinners and bring them home. Isn't it clear that God operates differently than the story of our world? He chose the world's down and out, those who were poor in the world's eyes as his kingdom's first citizens, and in Christ, in his grace, he makes you and I sons and daughters, fully resting in his grace towards us. So therefore, let us be honest and humble ourselves. Let us be honest about our jealousy. Let us be honest about our coveting. Let us be honest about the hate in our heart towards others, even our brothers and sisters. Let us turn in humility with the trust that God sees us, and in his grace, he will lift us up. For this is the friendship of God, the one who gives grace to the sinner, who welcomes those who are far off, who gives us a new path of understanding. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are, that you are good and gracious to us. Please minister to us in our gloom and mourning and our repentance. Forgive us of our sins and walk, help us to walk in new ways. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Will you please stand with us, and we'll sing together? Oh, the deep, deep
0: word, we're now invited to come to the table that God sets for his people. And thinking about our passage, I want us to consider that this table is a symbol of God's friendship. Scripture invites us in all sorts of ways to understand who God is and his relationship to us, a parent, a loving father or or mother, a stronghold, a, a king or a ruler that is just. But our passage invites us to think of God as a friend one worthy of our trust, one who knows us and is delighted to be with us. And this table helps us to to see that friendship and the broken bread and the cup we are reminded of Christ's broken body and shed blood. The one who knows us fully has loved us to the end, that we would belong to him now and forever. So if you know of your need and you have faith in Christ, if you turn to his friendship, then come eat and drink. Let Christ nourish you and lift up your head this day. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this table and for how it's a picture of your friendship and a promise that you are the one who lifts up the humble. And so, Lord, I pray that your spirit would be here and that you would use these elements not only as a sign of your kingdom, but as a way to minister to us in your grace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, instead of having people come forward, we're gonna we just passed out the, the elements ahead of time. Does anybody who's taking communion need uh, a prepackaged element? If you will we help over here? Yeah. Thank you, Shelley. Anybody else need one? Okay. I have one here for you, <laughs> since you're right here. Anybody else? Yeah, Atkins, you know, on top of your front. If you're going to participate in communion, I invite you to go ahead and open up the, 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 the prepackaged uh, bread and cup. If you're not participating in communion today, we're, we're glad that you're here, and a r- reminder that this table is a symbol of who God is in his kingdom, and that his spirit is present to minister to you. So the table is a blessing even as we uh, are not participating i have you to prepare those. And Christ told us that on the night he was betrayed, after giving thanks, he took the bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. I invite you to take the bread. Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let us eat in faith. And Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let us drink in faith. Lord, we give you thanks for this table that tells us you are our creator, the one who brings forth good things from your earth, but you're also our recreator, the one who tells us what is true in your word and the one who gives us new hearts and new lives by your spirit in Christ. So, Lord, minister to us this day. Meet us wherever we are. Help us to know you more deeply, to not lift ourselves up, but to be lifted by you, that we can walk in your ways. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand with me that we can respond to the table and receive our blessing. Christ is the bread of life. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, Lord Jesus, until you come in glory.
1: Christ has died.
0: Christ, receive God's blessing as the mountains surround Jerusalem. May the love of God surround you now and always. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May go in peace.